Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe, and I'm a sales and marketing coach and LinkedIn lead generation service provider. I work with health, life, and mindset coaches and online service-based business owners to help them get more sales, shift their time to the client generating activities instead of just the busy work, and overcome that social media overwhelm. Let's get into the show. If you're ready to take on your next paying clients, I have good news. My free four basics of client attraction and how to stand out class is live at HaleyRowe.com slash client hyphen attraction. In the class, you're going to learn the top two traits I recommend for most coaches and entrepreneurs if they really want to turn this into a career. You're going to learn how you can build demand for your services and stop getting crickets on your posts. You're going to learn the sales roadmap I used to improve my sales conversion rate and help my clients do the same. And you're going to learn so much more. So go to HaleyRow.com slash client hyphen attraction and get your copy of the class today. I'm here today with a very special guest, Jen Riday. And I am very excited to talk with her today about how she juggles being a mom and running a certification program, running coaching retreats, all sorts of things, and how she has managed to help not only herself, but so many coaches overcome self-sabotage and fear when it comes to starting and growing your business. So Jen, why don't you introduce yourself first and give us a little bit about your background? Because I just want to highlight your background is pretty impressive. You have a lot of children. You do a lot of things. So tell us all the things and we'll get started. Yeah, like you said, I'm Jen Rade from Madison, Wisconsin. So two hours away from Haley there in Chicago. I'm a mom of six and my kids ages are 22 down to almost 10. So the light, I've seen the light at the end of the tunnel. My 10 year old is nearly self-sufficient, almost there. <laughs> and like you said, Haley, I'm the host of um, the Vibrant Happy Women podcast, founder of the Vibrant Life Coach Certification. And I really feel like it's my mission to help women in particular. Everyone can benefit, but women in particular to realize when something's out of balance with their life and to go after a goal that they want to achieve. So I'm sure for your listeners, that would be being a coach. So that's exciting. Yeah. So when it comes to being a coach, what are some ways that you know, as you are certifying life coaches, so they're in that very first stage where they're like, I want to get started. I maybe want to try this life coaching thing. What are some ways you see coaches sabotage themselves or stay in fear? And um, maybe we can dig deeper into how we manage that. Well, to start out, a lot of coaches, when they start a coaching program, do it just for the growth aspect for themselves. And then I find halfway through the program, they start to contemplate, oh, well, I, I've grown and I fit in and I, I can change just like anyone else. Maybe I can be a, a paid coach. So they start to think about it. Some people know right from the beginning, you know, there's all types. Um, but then we get past the graduation. That was all the fun stuff. And we suddenly face this wall of entrepreneurship. And no coach ever thinks, oh, entrepreneurship. Ah, what am I going, going to do here? And so my number one advice for that phase right there is um, to recognize that you're looking for your 10%. You're, you're not out there to touch everyone's lives. Just like in your friend circles, um, or if you were dating, 
um, you're looking for your 10% or your one person, but in the case of entrepreneurship, your 10%. So um, that means you should be repelling 90% of the people and attracting the 10% that are meant for you. So I know clearly who my 10% are. They are women. Uh, they tend to uh, be ambitious. Uh, they tend to maybe have kids because that's something I do and they're, they attract to, th to that. And anyone else who's not my type, I'm like, good, I'm glad you don't like me. It just gives me a freedom to not be afraid of the entrepreneurship side. And so I pass that along and people really grab onto that. Yeah. And I love that. I, I actually did your program. I am a certified vibrant life coach for everybody here listening. So very excited about that. And I loved, there was a part of your training that I checked out because I was like, we, we really help people in a complimentary way. And I work with a lot of women in the Midwest who want to be a coach and are, you know, in that turning point in their life, maybe their kids are a little older now. And I noticed how you, you explained it in such a way where I was like, oh, she says this so much, so clearly that a lot of times starting your business, it's all a lot of math, like 10% of your audience, you, you just like when you're trying to find, as you said, your husband or your soulmate or whoever, you're probably going to have to go on a lot of dates that didn't pan out, a lot of yeah. breakups to find the one. And it's the same right. thing in a coaching business. You're going to have to put out a lot of things, talk to a lot of different people, and not everybody's going to be the one. And when we don't make that complex or dramatic with our thoughts, which is something you help us not do, um, we can just do the math and put our message out there and feel good about it. But when we start to think, oh, you know, so-and-so didn't sign up, I must be a terrible coach. This must not be for me. That's where we get tripped up and where I think a lot of people get defeated. So how do we deal with the thoughts that come with running a business and, and the thoughts outside of just the math? What are some ways we can not let that self-sabotage ourselves? Right. Well, what I teach in the Vibrant Life Coach certification, of course, is, well, maybe not, of course, but is about thought tables. A thought table is based on the idea that all of our feelings of fear, of doubt, of, you know, self-sabotage are coming from a thought. And so, for example, some people might have the thought, I'm terrible at tech. If you're thinking that thought, you will automatically feel fear and that will help you or cause you to behave in ways that go with fear, such as doing nothing or wasting your time on your website instead of um, actually going live to tell someone what your message is. The result ends up matching up with the thought, um, you're terrible at tech, uh, your tech doesn't work well, you're not doing much except maybe playing on the fringes of your business. So. That's a huge tool we use in um, the Vibrant Life Coach certification and also just with the graduates of the program. Always notice how you're thinking because it's determining how you feel. And when you are taking action and not procrastinating, how are you usually feeling? Most of us would say determined, um, on fire, motivated, excited. So you've got to think the thoughts that generate those feelings. So that's, that's one of the big yeah. tools. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about um, shifting out of fear. So like, let's use an example. Let's pretend that maybe somebody wants to, and actually this came up this week. Somebody said, I want to do interviews. I want to put myself out there in my business, but I'm afraid I'll say the wrong thing. I'm afraid I'll look stupid. I'm afraid that, you know, I'm not ready for that yet. How could they up-level their thoughts? What could be some ideas there 
um, so that they don't stay stuck in the fear. Great. So a thought table has a fact, thought, feeling, action, and result. Um, so the fact would be you're a coach or you have a business or you've contemplated a podcast, whatever it is. Um, if your thought, if you're feeling fear, you know that there's a thought generating that fear. Maybe you do some self-exploration, you grab a sheet of paper and start to write in what we call a brain download. You start to see thoughts like, I always fail at everything. Um, nobody really likes me. I'm too fat. We'll have these thoughts that will come out on the page that are probably underlying the fear. And a lot of times if we don't write them down or really focus in, we won't know what the actual thought is. So once you see, oh, I'm not doing this because, you know, I've always had this story that I'm not popular, that no one really likes me, or I'm not doing this because I believe someone who's uh, heavier on the BMI index can't be on a stage or whatever. And so you see, you play that out across the thought table. The thought I'm too fat makes you feel afraid of, say, launching the podcast because you're afraid you take no action. Your result, you haven't launched a podcast. Lo and behold, that result always matches the thought. So then you can up-level it. Well, what result do I want to have? Um, sticking with the podcast example. Um, I want to launch my podcast next week and just do it. And I want to have one every week. And you have all these thoughts that will come up, of course. You might feel fear, but you just kind of can work across that up-level thought. Well, if I'm going to do this, I need to feel a little bit confident or I need to feel at least excited more than fear. And you figure out the thought that would bring you that excitement. Perhaps it's, hey, I've always been good at everything I've ever tried in the past. That thought really resonates for me. I feel an excitement or a determination come from that. And I really focus on that thought and it changes my feeling, changes the behavior and it changes the result. It's it's simple. But also most of us don't walk around really having awareness of what we're thinking. So. so true. Yeah, I think half the battle, too, is like once you have that awareness of, oh, I was just thinking this because I thought blank. It also just sometimes it resolves itself naturally just knowing that. And um, one of the things that you also wanted to share with our audience is you have an exercise we can use if we're getting stuck in self-sabotage or fear. Um, do you want to talk a little more about that? Yeah. So Haley doesn't know what I'm sharing here, but recently I came across something. Unfortunately, I can't even say who it was, but if you're listening, thank you. It's so awesome. One way to get out of being stuck in this place of I'm not good enough. I'm too scared. I don't have what it takes. One way to get out of that place is to step back and view your life like a book you're reading. So, um, you know, in my life, I grew up on a farm in Iowa. Now I live in Wisconsin. Um, I got a PhD in human development, family studies, but then I had kids and I hit this really interesting series in my book story that you would be reading where I was overwhelmed and exhausted by my six kids and a little bit victimy and pathetic and, oh, why me? And my life is hard. And why aren't my kids listening? And my spouse isn't helping. And at that point, that's a story I would get tired of reading, right? Because it's kind of victim-y. And so luckily in my story, I started to do something about it. I became a coach myself. 
Um, then I went on to just study all this other stuff and developed a coach certification program and my podcast because I want to help other women get out of that stuck place. So fast forward. Now I've come through a pandemic, as we all have. That would be in our chapters. I had some other challenges with um, a couple of my kids. But here I am at this crossroads. Like, if I were reading this story of my life, what would I want the character to do? And that's really huge. So everyone pause for a second and ask that of yourself. If I was reading the book of my life, what would I want my character to do right now? I'm pretty sure it's not to continue to waste a lot of time on Netflix or overeat because we're afraid of, you know, really doing the thing we want to do, which is launch the podcast or go ask someone to be a new client or spread the word about what we're doing. Um, we want our character to be victorious. That's the kind of movie we want to watch. That's why so many of us love HGTV. We want to see the triumph. And so that's just a little tip. What would your character do for the next part of your story? That's such a good question because it also zooms out and takes ourselves out of it. What would I want the character to do? Mm -hmm. If it's us, sometimes we're going to be like, but I can't do that because yeah. blah, blah. Right. right. <laughs> so that's totally. a very good tip. And one of the things that I love the most about coaching, and also I think it was in one of the lessons of your program early on, was the power of those really powerful questions. And that mm -hmm. question right there is so good. So we also have to talk about that chapter of your life because of having six kids and running a business. A lot of people would say, oh, you know, I can't do that too much. How have you managed to juggle that? And also maybe share some tips for those who feel like my business just keeps getting on the back burner because I got to run my kids around and do all these things. Any, any advice there? Yeah. Um, one of the big, big things that I train coaches in my program to look for is the word should. I should. So whenever you hear that in your thoughts or coming out of your mouth, <laughs> that's where you pay attention because it's really almost never aligned with your values when it's a should versus a, a want to. I should. <laughs> so anyway, for me, um, when I was doing the stay-at-home mom thing, I was believing a, a trope or a story that I had been programmed from society that I should be really dedicated to my six kids. I should be available, you know, but then when I started to listen to my body and my own intuition, instead of this external messaging, I realized, oh, I'm really miserable. <laughs> this is not working for me. I'm actually a really driven woman who has a high value on achievement and making a difference. And when I started to just say, okay, set the, the should aside, what do I want to do? And got really quiet. I did some meditation, more yoga, journaling, listening to what felt good to me. I started to follow what maybe felt exciting or positive or light um, for my next steps. So another thing I did in terms of my kids was analyzing what story was I telling myself about um, having a career or doing something I loved. And I realized I was believing the story that my kids would think I wasn't devoted to them. So I changed that story, kind of like we talked about with the thought table. And the story I tell, which actually feels really true to me in my body, is that my girls are watching. 
I would never want them to grow up and feel as miserable as I was feeling when I did what I should be doing. I'm, I'm showing them I can be vibrant and alive and uh, achieving things and pursuing my passions. And I want that for my kids, but especially my daughters where, you know, maybe perhaps women feel more pressure to perform in roles the way we think we should, right? So I want my daughters to grow up and pursue their passions and I have to model it. So um, that, that's been helpful. But does yeah. that answer the first part of your question? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. And I too had a, I have a mom who has worked my whole life and it's been really actually empowering to see that and like, wow, you can do it all. And I don't know how she does it, but she really shows an example of like, harmonizing your work life and your personal life like she just kind of sees it all it all intertwines and there's times where she's working really hard and there's times where maybe she's more with us and so it's just it it can work and it's good to see an example of that and I think some people don't ever get to see an example of that so I love that you are showing that for women um so what about boundaries because I think one thing that you taught in the program is the importance of setting boundaries, honoring boundaries, um, looking at where you need to set boundaries with tech and things like that. So tell us a little more about how can we start to transition to knowing what kind of boundaries we might need in our life to be able to juggle a career and personal life? Yeah, this, this goes well with the second part of your other question. I mean, it's all the same. If someone finds their business or their the things they want to do on the back burner. How do you keep bringing it back to the front burner? I find when it's on the back burner, probably two things are happening. Life is always going to shove other things to the front burner. And if you don't have solid boundaries and the second part, planning skills, constant boundaries and planning skills, that stuff will just present itself. My kids always want something. My daughter walked in a room where I was on my computer last night, I don't even think I was working on my business, but I had it out. She's like, I need this. And she holds up the bottle of some art supply. And that's what kids do. And my spouse, hey, I need you to help me take my car to the shop. I'm like, well, I can't right now. Anyway, the point is, if you've planned what you want to do in your time, and you're clear what you want to do in your time, and you've earmarked certain times, then it's easy to set your boundaries and say, I can't right now, but I'm available at eight. Or Go tell dad because that's not something I'm dealing with anymore. Or as inevitably happens with kids, especially teens, there will become these moments of what to them feels like crisis and they'll want to bring it to you and create drama. And drama feels very um, destructive for a business such as being an entrepreneur or a coach because you have to kind of keep your thoughts in the right place to have your mood high enough to take the actions that are a bit scary sometimes to get the results you want. Right. And so I have had plenty of drama. Just listen to my podcast to know vibrant, happy women. <laughs> like I do not have easy kids. We have neurodivergence. My husband is also neurodivergent and um, there have been things. And I've, I think I take that mess sometimes and make it my message and it allows people to really connect with me when I share, hey, this is how my life sucks right now. <laughs> and here's how I'm overcoming it. And they love that. They don't want to see perfect. So just be aware that that's another um, lie. We'll tell ourselves that 
we have to have the perfect body or the perfectly styled house. We have to be like as beautiful as the influencers on Instagram and our families have to act a certain way before we can be expert enough to be an authority. I think it's coming from that mess, making your mess, your message that really attracts the right people to you. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's such a shift. I think there's probably a lot of things we tell ourselves or like I've seen with people who want to do my coach inner circle program, a lot of times they think the sky, like my life has to be empty and clear. So I can put all <laughs> of my attention and focus into this program. And the truth is right. like your life is going to be a part of your business and you can't just forever put it on pause to start your business. You have right. to right. do both and you have to learn how to juggle both. And so yeah. the time is now to start your business because it takes time it's going to have to work within your lifestyle. It's never going to be the perfect time. Um, so I think there's just a lot of like truths that we think are so true, but they're, they're really not. And so maybe share what has been a, uh, something you thought was maybe true on your business journey um, that you had to shift or that you had to see differently to grow. Mm -hmm. um, I have, I have a little notes here. I want to make sure I cover everything. Um, well, oh, here's one. You know, when you start in entrepreneurship, you see all these people way ahead of you on the path. And I really did believe the lie that, gosh, they're just so much more photogenic and charismatic. And, you know, they're like, they have it together. They don't have kids with this problem. So I, I think all of us, even probably you, Haley, we get to this place, it's ups and downs where we're like thinking, Oh, I'm really not good enough to be as good as them. So recognizing that and then believing in the, using the thought tables and other tools to kind of up-level it. Um, but also being aware that um, having phrases in mind that help you when those moments come. So one of mine is what other people think of me is none of my business. I repeat that daily and it really helps me to be like, you know, like, forget you. I'm doing this thing. And the people who are meant to find me are going to find me. My 10% are ready. Who cares if you're like beautiful and on Necker Island with Sir Richard Branson or whatever it is, I'm doing my thing. So having your phrases ready, what other people think of you is none of your business. Wayne Dyer said that. Another one I love is um, what am I willing to do that others aren't willing to do? That one really gets me motivated. I'm willing to stand on stages in front of tons of people. So many people won't do that. I'm willing to write a book. Um, I'm going to do these scary things that others won't do. And I kind of step into the identity of someone who's bold and fearless. Because yeah. tons, tons of people can become coaches. But how many are willing to like enroll in Haley's program and put some skin in the game and learn the boundaries and learn the mindset of entrepreneurship. And then one more piece with that. Sorry to go on so long. No. Um, I say that entrepreneurial piece after becoming a coach, lean in and always go to what scares you. Mm -hmm. Whatever scares me the most, like currently I'm, I'm setting up a bigger stage event, um, not just a retreat, that scares me. But I'm going to lean there because what scares me is usually what will get you the most traction. And it's also one of those things other people aren't willing to do. But that process of leaning into what makes you so, so afraid transforms your mindset faster than anything because you're getting further 
out of your comfort zone. So just to know all these ideas that I hate tech, I'm not very good on video, <laughs> or I don't know how to talk to people, or I'm too shy. Forcing yourself to lean into all of those fears transforms you so much faster than just some quiet self-help work in the corner. Entrepreneurship is super transformative just in and of yeah. itself. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think you mentioned a couple good phrases and I keep a little list in my phone notes of just really good quotes I've heard. And I call it like a, just a little belief collection or belief book mm -hmm. or belief notes or whatever. And some of mine are, I definitely always come back to, I always can figure this out. Um, I ask solution oriented questions. Um, and I, I mean, I'm forgetting a bunch of them, but I think that is really good to have to direct your brain. Cause if you don't direct it, it goes to I'm bad at tech. Why am I terrible at everything? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's really good tip. Now, what about if you are, um, can you maybe share, has there been a boundary that you've had to set that was really hard for you to set or like you had mind drama around it that you can share and how you dealt with that? So a boundary with my family so that I could succeed in business or a boundary in business? Any boundary, any boundary. Okay, I'll get vulnerable here. So my husband being on the spectrum does not appreciate self-help. Now, I don't want anyone listening to say, oh, what a jerk. It, I don't think he intends to be a jerk, but he has listened to half an episode of all 500 or whatever of my podcast episodes. The other day I showed him the outline of my book and just asked what he thought. And he said, he gave me like 10 seconds and said, I don't get self-help. I can't help you. And I was like, oh, but I was being vulnerable. And so I, I noticed those times those experiences or those people, and we all have them, it could be the mother-in-law or the sister who's jealous. Those people who leave me feeling a little bit of self-doubt, I don't, there's this phrase in the Bible, don't cast your pearls before swine. I'm very careful to keep the pearls of how I'm showing up in my business close to my heart and only presenting those to really safe people. And so a boundary I'm still learning and getting better at is not sharing my pearls with my husband. We have a lot of great things in common, but um, I don't have to go talk about my business to him when he doesn't get it. I don't talk about my business with my, my parents that much. My brothers and their wives never ask about it. That's okay. Like they don't get it. That's cool. So the boundary is for me to remember a rule for myself, who I will talk about these tender uh, pearls with so that I can protect my heart and stay in that energy of I've got this and not let those people, the naysayers, the haters or whatever, knock down, you know, the, the sometimes fragile psyche that I'm working to keep building up so I can do these bigger things. Amazing. That is so true. I think we have to understand that everybody's coming from their own unique lens and background of what they get and don't get. And we can't take that personally. Mm -hmm. And there were two other just adding to these phrases that we can always come back to. There were two that I really liked that you said. And I think one of them was uh, something about like interact from love. So as a guiding principle in your business, bring value from love, interact from love. And there was one other one I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was with that. Um, do you remember what it is about? Maybe come from the mindset of service. Yeah. I think it was like come from a service mind and interact from love or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that whenever you're feeling fear or like all this pressure in your business, yeah. like, oh, I got to make the sale or I got to 
close mm -hmm. the deal. As long as you are planting seeds of value, service, leading from love, interacting from love, it all works out. It's just you have to be doing that for long enough and to enough people to yeah. where it all pays off. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll add to that. Um, you know, when it would feel hard, I would just imagine who I used to be in that burned out mom place. Um, and then I think, oh, there's a woman or a person out there just waiting for, to hear from me. I, I heard this quote once. There's a song that only you could sing that people are waiting to hear that they can only hear that song from you. And if you don't sing it, it will be lost to them forever. And I think, Oh, she needs me. So that idea of the one makes it worth it. The one person who might hear the podcast episode or the one person I talked to at the store. So um, that's really helpful. And then with that, this idea that on our ladder to success, we think we're going to just clock a bunch of, w's on the side a lot of wins but we've got to have even way more f's for quote-unquote failures on the side so if you look at it like dating i always tell my kids you need to date 50 people before you marry the one or whatever you have to have something to compare it to well in, in coaching and in entrepreneurship yeah we got to talk to our 50 or our 100 to find the one whatever numbers it happens to be in in your niche or whatever um, and being happy. Hey, I failed today. How did I fail today? Because that means I marked an F and I'm going to get closer to the W's and, and seeing failure as success. Yeah, totally. I'm in full agreement there. Um, okay. So for everybody listening, one just really quick thing before I forget, we did mention, do you want to start a podcast? Do you want to have a podcast? Do you want to be on podcasts? And I have <laughs> yeah. training about that. And it's ah. at Pro.com slash podcast hyphen tips. Um, but Jen, where can everybody connect with you, find you, all that good stuff after this interview? Yeah, just go to jenriday.com, J-E-N-R-I-D-A-Y. You can see more about the podcast and the coach certification. I also have a program called Vibrant Soul for people who don't want to be coaches, but want to learn how to change their mindset and energy and uplevel their joy. So jenriday.com. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. And if it's really helpful for you, I'd really appreciate if you share it and or leave a written podcast review. This tells the podcast sites that our show is useful and it will be promoted to more people that way. Thanks again.